Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Crystal Ball College Football, part of the 365 Sports Network. This is the Neighborhood Watch. It is the 14th of July, 2023. I am doing this show from a hotel room in Roanoke, Virginia. It's been a long week. Started off in Little Rock, Arkansas, then went to Big 12 Media Days in Dallas, Texas. I am now back in Virginia. We're going to go celebrate the life of my grandfather who passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, so the funeral is this weekend. So we've been all over the place. Uh, I brought the mic with me, but the cords aren't working. So on this on this show, guys, it's going to be just the computer audio. I hope it's sufficient enough. Sitting close to it as possible, I moved a lamp away that could potentially mess up the audio. So hopefully this is sufficient. Things will be back to normal next week. Just a lot of uh, globe trotting, if you will, this week. Make sure you all subscribe to the channel here, Crystal Ball College Football and also 365 Sports. We have plenty of content coming from Big 12 Media Days. I have one video coming uh, from Big 12 Media Days as well. We're going to talk about the ACC going with the CW, what it means, the Pac-12, the Big 12, all of those things. But still, a lot of meat left on the bone from Big 12 Media Days. And I'm going to give you all a big observation that I had from Big 12 Media Days, too, coming up here after we talk about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 uh, and, and the ACC and whatnot. So make sure you guys subscribe to the channel Nobody covers the Big 12 from all the angles like Sikkim 365 or, you know, like 365 Sports, rather, uh, and also like Crystal Ball College Football. The Neighborhood Watch specifically, you all know, we are Big 12-centric. We are Big 12-focused. Game previews, conference realignment, the whole nine, that is what we do on this channel. So subscribe at NWPod365 and at Josh Neighbors underscore. Let's get to it. So big news coming out of, uh, you know, in the television world. There's plenty of implications here. So the ACC is going to have 50 football and basketball games that air on the CW. And the CW is a national streaming and a streaming national television channel. They are owned by parent company Nexstar. That's important to know. And we'll get into the details here. I'm going to read you all what ESPN's Adam Rittenberg wrote about this. Just go back to the workout. A little water right there. Let's just leave that open so we don't have to unscrew it again. So here's what Adam had to say. This fall, the ACC will begin airing football and basketball events on the CW Network, a new addition to the league's Saturday broadcast schedule. The CW has secured rights to 50 ACC games beginning September 9th with Pitt's football game against Cincinnati, a Big 12 school. 13 ACC football games will air Saturdays on the CW, which will be broadcast, which will broadcast, excuse me, 28 ACC men's and women's basketball games throughout December, January, and February. The ACC will have men's basketball doubleheaders on the CW every Saturday and women's basketball doubleheaders on the CW on Sunday afternoons. Raycom Sports which sub-licenses ACC events from ESPN, sold its rights to the CW, but will continue to produce the game. So 
the game is not going to be on the Raycom family of networks. And Raycom was on Masson in my neck of the woods in Virginia, Valley Sports in some necks of the woods. I think some local Fox Sports, those those kinds of channels. But it's going to be Raycom, so the same production crews will be doing the games. It's just going to be broadcast on a different channel. And that uh, channels, I should say, they were on channels. They'll now be on a certain channel. Uh, so the rights went to the CW. CW has not aired college sports events, but it is the exclusive home for Live Golf. The network is best known for broadcast series, including All-American, which focuses on college football players in the Los Angeles area. They said they're thrilled to have it. CW's national distribution, yada, yada, yada. The ACC in July 2016 agreed to a 20-year media rights agreement. God, it's crazy to see that now that we're seeing five-year deals, seven-year deals. Uh, it's crazy to think they did 20. It runs through 2035, 2036. Some league members have expressed frustration with the long-term agreement as the ACC significantly trails the SEC and Big Ten in revenue. Jim Phillips has vowed to be creative in seeking solutions to create greater revenue. And I think that's where we should start. So to my understanding, this is not going to create more revenue for the schools because the games have already been sold, right? So if you sold these properties to ESPN and then ESPN, you know, then they sold them again to Raycom, Right. And then now Raycom selling them somewhere else. And these games are almost like stocks. They've bounced around. You know, we're not stocks, but what was the um, what was the term? CDOs. Right. That was the big term uh, in the movie, The Big Short, that they use. You know, these these mortgages that get bundled and bounced around from all of these banks to bank to bank. It's kind of like a CDO almost. Right. It's just it's, it's a property. It's being bought and sold. It's actually like a property in some ways. Um, but it's the ACC's games. But, you know, they already sold the rights to these games. Now, as somebody who grew up in ACC country in Virginia, uh, and I want to explain this really fast. What we had was we have Masson. So the Baltimore Orioles own Masson. There's Masson and Masson 2. Masson really functions as a way to satisfy broadcasting Orioles and Nationals games, right? You know, some of these networks, I mean, Nesson started off as that, right? That's kind of almost why it exists. You know, Marquee is just for the Cubs. They, you know, I uh, think like some of these channels broadcast multiple games, but some of them just do baseball. Masson predominantly does baseball. Then there's some poker on there. And then there's, some, you know, th then there's these ACC games, which I believe was produced by Raycom. And Raycom, I think, would distribute them, you know, I guess uh, elsewhere. But, you know, in, in, in Georgia, you might have Valley Sports or in Florida, you might have Valley Sports. In the Northeast, you might have something else. And so these these games were all actually on different places, different channels in different places based off of who your television company was. And, um, so, and then also the ACC network was a challenge to get on places. So what I'm trying to say here is this is a win for the ACC because these games that were not previously going to be nationally televised games are going to be nationally televised games at a at no lesser cost, right? Or, or you know, for the, at least the, for the, the schools. Like the schools are not going to have to front any more money. It sounds like to get these games now bumped from essentially regional television, right, uh, to the national to the national stage to a national channel. That's really good news for the ACC. Now, um, I think there are some questions about how the CW becomes a part of our diet, right? Or your sports diet. I mean, 
for for uh, somebody like me with a smart TV, you know, I guess I can get the CW app and log in, but how how strong I know like and I still catch occasionally Virginia Tech games because I grew up rooting for them, but like I'm not sure how that's going to fit in for smart TVs. For I'm a channel clicker though, and I don't have a ironically I don't have a, a, a cable box at home uh, in my apartment, but. I still, you know, I, I'm a big uh, game to game to game guy. I'm a multiple TV guy, but I'll put one off to the side. The game I need to watch the most will be on a PlayStation or on a computer hooked up to a TV. And if I have a cable uh, setting, uh, you know, I, I like to flip. I like to flip around, see what's going on. And you just put the CW in there and then you plug that in. But, you know, it's going to take some time, I think, for the CW to get there. And I think this is this kind of help, helps out all parties involved because, Valley, some of these regional uh, networks guys are hemorrhaging cash. We, we talked about, you know, I used to do Locked On Nationals when I was over at Locked On, and we talked about the 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 situation Masson was in. Not a good one. Valley Sports in a really bad situation. So next are taking over at the CW and next are owning the CW rather and saying, look, we want these games on here because we're trying to get in the space is kind of a win-win. They're available. It's from a major conference, and they can get them. And also, they're in generally all the time slots. The, the big question now becomes, what does this mean for the Pac-12? Because you could argue, hey, would the ACC be a trial balloon? You could see how it goes. Well, yes, in some ways you could, but the problem with that is this, uh, is a couple of things. Number one, the, the live golf ratings have not been good. They stopped reporting them a little while ago. The live golf ratings are not good. People are not watching it on the CW. Now, there's big names over there, but like I think that's more of a format issue. I think folks will still go watch some of these college games on the CW. I think they'll do okay. Um, but the question is, if the Pac-12 wants to see how it goes first, well, how much time does the Pac-12 really have to let that play out? They have time to see how it goes over there first. I don't really know if they do because the the time frame now, right? I mean, can you can you wait until September? Look, these games are airing in less than two months. Do you have the time to watch how it plays out first? before you make the decision on whether or not you want to keep the games there. I don't know if they do. I really don't think they do. I don't think they want to keep pushing this thing into the season. So trial balloon, maybe not. The good news maybe if you are a Pac-12 fan is, hey, the CW does have an interest. Um, and so they want to put games on. And also the good news could be too, hey, Pac-12 stuff and ACC stuff. It's the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Pacific, you know, uh, 12, I think it's Pacific Coast Conference, right? Or whatever the, the actual pack stands for. But, like, they are in different time slots. This could make sense. They could fill out a schedule on the CW. You could add some, uh, you know, you could add a couple Pac-12 games and you could go, you know, a full, uh, full basketball schedule on a Saturday. If they wanted to go that direction, they could do it. That is there. I think that is a positive. That That is true. The other thing, though, you have to think about this is, does this scratch the itch for Nexstar and for you know the parent company of CW? D does this scratch the itch? Is this enough for them right now? Do they feel like this is where they want their investment to be? They're cool with what they're seeing right here. Also, I don't know how it worked for the pack, right? But Raycom is in place to produce all these games. Now, the Pac-12 network is in place to produce all these games, but do you wanna do you wanna um hire out the Pac-12 network folks to do this when that's been much maligned. Now, look, I'm not saying, I mean, I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 network stuff. Uh, I was not able to. Um, so I can't speak to individual broadcast quality. I know there were some issues with some of the, the ESPN trucks that were going there last year, but still, nonetheless, this, this production is taken care of. I'd assume they'd probably hire out those folks to do this as well 
But, um, you know, you have to ask, is the CW satisfied? Is Nexstar satisfied with this amount? Or do they want more? Because here's the thing. If they want to say, well, we want to wait and see uh, how these games do here for a while. Okay, but if you're happy after a year and you want to add more games, who are you going to add, right? Like there's really nobody out there to add. Everybody's booked up. And I guess at that point, the Pac-12 would probably have a television contract in place or they'd be, you know, they'd kind of fallen by the wayside. So they do have to make a decision on on that kind of in the immediate if they want to add, excuse me, more major conference games. I think that's a piece of this that we need to consider. Time is of the essence, not just for the Pac, but for Nexstar, which could push them to the table to want to go with the Pac. Although I do think, one thing on the negative, and look, I actually, to me, mostly, I think this is positive for the pack because it shows Nexstar's willingness to put on college sports. I would say if we want to go the negative direction, here is the concern, is that, um, well, number one, it does it does scratch the itch for the Nexstar, for Nexstar and CW. They're cool with this. Two, though, is, okay, if they wanted college games and the Pac-12 was available – why didn't they get that deal done? Is the Pac-12 asking for too much money? Uh, was the Pac-12 not excited enough about the about the reach? Were they not sure because they hadn't produced college sports games before? Because if Nexstar is is you know desperately seeking out games, I mean they they're kind of striking on a weird one, right? They're striking out. Uh, they're 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 um, taking advantage rather of this other uh, sub licensing that that went awry when they could just be taking advantage of a league that's available right now. And so they're not taking advantage of that league available right now. They're taking advantage of kind of this weird loophole where the ACC needs to distribute some of these games and they have to do it, um, you know, and, and, and they, they need to find a new partner because the financial issues of some of the RSNs and they've struck there when there's a, there's a whole ass conference available and th- that one and the CW could not come to an agreement. So you'd think wouldn't, wouldn't the CW be an easier, easier one to strike a deal with for the pack? That's, that's what I think is interesting or vice versa. But also a part of this could be the CW does not want a full package. And so this is the streaming concept that we've heard about, but the other part of the pack 12 deal might not be done yet. So there's a chance that next star is still in on the pack, not the big package, but they might be the linear part of the pack 12. So I still think there's a possibility that this could be a positive for the Pac-12 because it shows that there is a linear cable channel that is that wants to get into the college sports space. They're maybe not going full bore by going with the biggest games and the biggest channels, but they could have an attempt to you know get involved in some of those bigger games, at least for the Pac-12. So I think this is somewhat positive for the Pac, although we do have to acknowledge at the same time that this could be negative because the itch for Nexstar and, and CW could be scratched by just ACC games. That's yet to be seen. So I think this presents two very interesting factors here. And I think the Big 12 will keep an eye on this too, because what if the Big 12 were to add more schools? And what if what if uh, Fox were to say, or ESPN, depending on who the schools are, but let's just say they had a Power 5 school. ESPN, you know, obviously the pro rata, they picked that up. What if Fox on there and says, eh, we're not really wanting to pay for these games. We're just cool where we are right now. Um, you know, those games go to market. What if the CW picks those up? The Big 12 should be watching that as well. There could be implications there. So overall, I think it's positive for the pack because it 
you're a pack fan, hey, this could be that linear stream or linear uh, TV element involved uh, right now. This could be what what that is. So I think that's something that we have to we have to think about on all of this. Uh, all right, I want to wrap up here now with one takeaway from Big 12 Media Days because a lot was being talked about. But I want to mention a school that was not talked about a whole lot. It felt like things surrounding TCU were very, very quiet. For a school that just played in a national championship game last year, it was very quiet. And I will tell you this, like the Texas schools, I think there is some resentment towards TCU and some of their media and whatnot just because – I mean, TCU is out there. Their guys are flaunting it a little bit. You could tell they, they were excited to be there. Um, I forgot who, has, who had the oh, – Jamoy Hodge had a sick, sick number six chain that he had going on. Uh, it was like purple. It was – that was my, that was me trying to make the number six with my hand. Um, it was a really cool chain. It was, it was great. But they were pretty quiet. Sonny Dykes had the quiet confidence about him. The, kind of the most notable thing that happened was when somebody asked Sonny Dykes how he's going to replace Deuce Vaughn. That was kind of the big uh, Sonny Dykes, I guess, talking point that we saw go down. So that was strange. That was funny. But it felt – I was talking to Stephen Simcox of Locked on TC, Locked on Horn Frogs about this. Like, things were incredibly quiet on the TCU front. And I'm wondering if we aren't taking them serious enough. Um, you know, I, I think I think that is a huge piece of this. I think that's something that we have to understand about like going into the season. Are we not talking about them enough right now? I really, I'm really interested to see what they do this year because they killed it in the portal. Sonny did a really good job recruiting. They're really doing a great job recruiting compared to the rest of the league. They killed that portal. They've got some of the guys. They lost a lot. They've got some of the guys back who have been near the mountaintop. And I think that they've got a chance to keep this thing rolling. So I'm curious to see how Sonny Dykes rolls into this year. And it felt like things were quiet around the Horn Frogs. Just an observation from Big 12 Media Days, are we not talking about TCU enough? Well, in the series, and even some of the videos that we were doing, we were not talking about the fraud. We're like, you know, who is in that middle tier class that could rise up and win the Big 12 title this year? And we kept forgetting to mention TCU, and part of it was my fault. Part of some other guys around me, you know, we, we, just, we just didn't do it because there are other storylines and stuff. TCU, for a team that just played a national title, had a magical season. Things are pretty quiet. That will do it for this week of shows. Thank you all so much for watching this week's coverage. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NWPod365. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. Guys, please subscribe to the channel. We're almost at 11,000. We need your all's help to get there. Talk to you Monday, folks.